This is Anne Fremantle introducing Penelope Gilead over WBAI for PEN Pen. What is Pen? What does it do? Pen, PEN, is an independent international association of writers. The initials Pen, PEN, stand for poets, playwrights, essayists, editors, novelists, and by punning implication of the initials for all writers. Pen exists to promote worldwide friendship and intellectual cooperation among men and women of letters. Pen has no politics, but it is against the imprisonment of writers for political reasons, and in the Pen Charter, Pen members pledge themselves to, quote, oppose any suppression of freedom of expression in the country and the community to which they belong. Thus, Pen is against all censorship of the written word. Penn now has 82 centers in 60 countries of Africa, Asia, Europe, North and South America, and Australia. World membership of Penn is around 10,000. International Penn was founded in 1921 by John Goldsworthy. American Penn was founded in 1922 with Booth Tarkington as its first president. Other presidents of American Penn have been Robert Frost, Dorothy Thompson, Leo Nadell, Marchette and B.J. Shute, and Jerzy Kosinski. The present president of International Pen is the English writer V.S. Pritchett. The present president of American Pen is the poet Muriel Rukeyser. American Pen is a non-profit, tax-exempt association with headquarters in New York City, but its 1,500 members come from all over these United States. Membership is by invitation from the membership committee and is extended to published writers of demonstrated accomplishment. Penn is a purely literary association and assists writers in many practical ways, with copyright problems, with insurance problems, with getting better deals for translators and helping young writers get better known by giving prizes, and by promoting meetings in different countries, and by honoring both American writers and writers from other countries. Now here is Penelope Gilliatt, who will talk over WBAI under the auspices of Penn. Penelope Gilliatt is the film critic of The New Yorker, but she is also a writer, a writer of many books, and we're going to get uh, together about some of these books. Your latest book, Penelope, is Jean Renoir, is that right? Essays, Conversations, and Reviews? That's right, yes. How did you come to write about Jean Renoir? Um, When I was small, 10 or something, in, in London, I used to slip off from school and go to the classic theatre in, in Baker Street, the classic cinema, um, to see old films and, and usually see them round twice. And my f- absolute favourites were Renoir's, who, as you, as you know, is, is yes. the son of, of, of the great painter. Yeah. Um, and I, I wrote him a, a fan letter, and being Jean Renoir, he he uh, either responded to a child's writing or just responded to a to a letter, which I think is more likely, and, and wrote back so sweetly. And every time I've been to France, ever since I've seen him, and uh, as I write now for The New Yorker, six months of the year in between doing fiction, he struck me as being somebody whom I could do a, a, a long profile of and whom I could also catch the conversation of because I have a lot of notes over the years about what he said. And that's how the book started with the New Yorker profile. Exactly, exactly. And and to have had the chance to talk to this man is really like 
Oh, I don't know, talking to uh, Carlisle or <laughs> Mozart or something. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Now, you were born in London, and uh, when did you come to these United States? These United States. Well, uh, first, sh very briefly, when I was 15, and, and then for longer uh, periods when I was 22, and for the last seven years, uh, since I've been 32, I've been here for six months in the year at least. Uh, and otherwise, uh, you've straddled the pond. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, tell one of your books with a very exciting title, Unholy Fools. Uh, uh, you did the jacket for that as well as you wrote the book? Well, uh, I wish I could say that I'd actually really drawn it. I, I drew my notion of it, and the, the very good typographer at, at Viking Press, who are my publishers here, uh, d did the, the finished version. It's a sort of like an illuminated manuscript, as you see. Um, it, it's, it's a book that is subtitled Wits, Comics, Disturbers of the Peace. It's about theatre and cinema. Mostly I do fiction, as you know, um, and screenplays. I wrote Sunday Bloody Sundays, which I think you yes, probably well, may that's, have seen. Yes, well, that's very exciting. You wrote that yourself and, and yes. saw it through the whole works. Oh, very, very much so, yes, yes. That that's uh, absolutely classic now, isn't it? It's uh, I mean, it's only it was only in now what 1971, but it's already uh, a classic of its kind, I think. Well, the the the, the New Yorker, which I admire ab above above all, all magazines I've ever or newspapers that I've ever worked for, um, rather characteristically, uh, carefully said. Perhaps a classic. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's drop the perhaps now that it's established itself. <laughs> I think we can leave that out. What about uh, your latest book, the, the very latest you've written, which according uh, to my uh, information is State of Change? Is that, uh, now that, what is that, that? That's the latest novel. I'm in the middle of a new one. I've also been doing a lot of short stories. I've written two books of short stories, one the latest of those was called Nobody's Business, um, and two uh, stories out of that I'm adapting for, or have adapted already for, for, for film, and have expanded, obviously, enormously. And it strikes me that, that um, film has a lot in, in common with short story writing, which I love doing. Uh, but there's something about editing for film, which is very like the way one paragraphs in short stories, if that makes any sense to That's you. That's a very interesting point. And do the short stories, do you, ha do you publish them first in book form or first in, in uh, well, magazine? Well, they're generally published first in the New Yorker, which has a, uh, what, what's uh, nicely called a priority reading agreement or a, an, an exclusive reading agreement. Um, and uh, it, it's even published a short play of mine. Um, oh, that's exciting because it doesn't often do plays. No, exactly, exactly. That must be almost unique. Uh, I think. Yes, 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 yes. That is exciting. And I mean, I've I've just finished another um, play which will go with the the published play, and we'll be, we'll go together as a double bill in in London, and I hope here. Within oh, it's being put on in London yes. as a play. Yes, yes, ah, yes. And then will be made into a film. Yes, yes. Yes. How exciting, isn't that? That's, yeah, that's rather that fun, yes. Is. Well, you're the person who will answer a question I've always wondered. How do you manage to be both creative and a critic? Uh, how do, do, do you 
find that the functions contradict each other in some way, or do you find it they go along perfectly uh, well, easy in, in tandem? I I I I see that the you know that the obviously could be a, a a contradiction or an antithesis if if one wrote in a certain uh, sort of perhaps belligerent way. I've 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 always believed that that there's another sort of criticism that, that can be written, which is very close to the way one writes fiction, which is an evocative sort of criticism, which tries to summon up what a film that you admire is like. I much prefer writing about films that I do respond to and do love than, than you know, writing, you know, squibs. So many critics find that they only want to write about things they dislike. Yes, yes. <laughs> You're not like that. I don't think so, no, no. In fact, I know so. Tell me about the Penguin uh, modern stories. That's very exciting. Is that, are they all yours? Is yes. The whole book of yes. your stories yes. done by Penguin. Yes. Yes. That must have a, that must have a wonderfully uh, wide uh, distribution. And, the, and they did the nicest cover that I've ever had. It looked like a like a, 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 a not a, not a Christmas tree, but the ornaments on a Christmas tree. It it looked it was full of spangled coloured letters. It looked like building blocks or something. Super. How delightful. And what about uh, Tati? What is that? Is that a film on? Uh, no, that's that's a, an, another short um, biography. Uh, exactly, uh, built on knowing him and and you know trying to catch some of his style of talk and and his sense of fun. He adores children, as you know. He adores his wife, whom he calls Madame Madame Titai. <laughs> And has he? What has he done since uh, Monsieur Hulot's holiday? Uh, he he made a beautiful film called Playtime in seventy millimeter, which is double the size, as you know, of the average film, which makes it very difficult to distribute. Um, it's it's a, a quite extraordinary film. It's played a, a, uh, for a long engagement in London, and has at last been bought for here. And I think it's one of the great, great, funny films that there is. It has. Um, it, it's as it's as funny as Keaton. I think it has the elegance of Keaton. And do you think that uh, y that uh, you you're the only one who's done a biography of him in England in English, aren't you? I, I, as far as I know. Yes, yes, I think it's it's the only one. I think. Uh, what about Property, which is a, one of your plays or films? Is yes, that, 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 is that that's a play. Uh, that's that's something that I did for the BBC. A radio play or a, a television a, a, play? A radio play. I have done two television plays. Um, I have a long connection with the BBC, um, which is, uh, you know, uh, perhaps in a way our WBAI. Uh, it, it's it's it it loves writers as much as that. And and when I was very young, I swiped the school typewriter, um, and I wanted to run away from from home when my family had split up, and I hadn't any money apart from selling my own secondhand children's books. And I, I wrote three plays, you know, I, on typewriter to disguise my handwriting, which obviously would have been a, a fourteen-year-old, and uh, the BBC put them on. Three of them. Yes. Good gracious! And you were which only thrilling. Yes. My goodness. Uh, well, that made you enough to leave to leave home. Yes. <laughs> yes. On a freight steamer. Yes. yes. <laughs> Did you ever go back? Oh yes, yes. I I got. Terrifically thin. I, uh, by the time I was seventeen, here I was um, 
I can't work it out in pounds, but if I've five stone odds, uh, uh, 70 odd pounds and, and looked really you didn't terrifying. Have enough to eat. No, no, well, I was jolly badly off. Yeah. I used to to go into what was called Child's then, which is, um, you know, a chain restaurant, and buy myself a cup of coffee for a nickel and uh, make for a, a, a table that had food on it that, w- that had been left. Uh, I was appalled by the amount of food that w- that's left in this country, and but thrilled by it, of course. And I could suddenly see, you know, two poached eggs that had been barely touched. And if I raced to it, then I could I could get there before the waitress put it into the trolley and and have a, a very good lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Those days are past, Sarge. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think we're all badly off now. Except that now I imagine you 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 eat better. <laughs> oh yes, yes, that's better. What are your What are you writing at the moment? You said you've uh, got another book uh, on the stock. Yes, I, I'm I'm in the middle of a, a, a well two th- thirds of the way through a novel. Uh, I've just finished another film script, um, and also a short part of an anthology film, and. Gosh, what else? A book of short stories. I think that's all. Oh, that's all. <laughs> now, are these all commissioned, or do you just do them and then sell them? Just do them. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely terrific. Well, would you say you were more... Uh, I would say you were more creative than you are a critic, but on the other hand, you do so much criticism. You write so much criticism. I love uh, doing criticism. But I, I think it's you know, something which can contribute a lot to the way... People see things, if 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 not even to the to, to the the way that artists perhaps write or or make make films, or more importantly, perhaps the way producers think. Um, gosh, perhaps we shouldn't do three jaws. Perhaps we might try something else. <laughs> <laughs> All these films now about lunatic asylums. Yes, such a clutter of them. One finds that um, perhaps too many of those. My, my, my small daughter has a, a theory that disaster films um, are terrifically cheering. And if she sees me looking sort of down at the mouth about something, she says, Mummy, um, could, we, could we go to the bank? And she's got a very small account, and I pretend not to know what she's going for, and I take her to the bank. And she cashes a very small check. And she takes me to see an absolutely horrifying disaster film. <laughs> <laughs> How old is this Farragut? She's ten. Oh, how delightful. Is she's she at school here super. in the States? No, she's got a tutor. Oh. A, a marvellous English girl. Su- super. Um, and it's the best possible arrangement for me because we're working six months here and then spending six months in, in England or France or behind the Iron Curtain or whatever it is. Uh, it, it means that I've got a travelling school, so to speak. Otherwise, you'd have to yank her in and out exactly. of different schools all the time. Which I think yeah. would be awful for her and not, not very pleasant, probably, for the school. And you find the authorities don't object? As, um, well, I d- I'm, I'm probably going to be nabbed by the police as I come out, aren't I? <laughs> no, no, it's completely all right, for, according to you know English educational authorities, and um, because the girl who's teaching her ha- is has full teaching degrees and so on. And we in England, and we're still, you know, my daughter and I are still English citizens, and I think always will be. Uh, um, 
we uh, abide by English law and pay English taxes, <laughs> which are rather high. <laughs> they are. They're about twice as high, aren't yes, they? As yes, yes. American ones. But on the other hand, uh, y you're able to come in and out as much as you want all the time. It's no problem. Well, it, it has been a problem because I had to get something which is... I, mean, I now know so many names and numbers of documents that I can be really boring. I have something called an H-1 visa. Um, is that a green card? Which is, uh, no, it's not a green card. That's something different again. An H-1 visa it implies someone of... Uh, oh, dear. I wish I could Demonstrable remember Demonstrable accomplishment. I exactly. Of, of unique and something or other accom yeah. excellence, or something splendid, which you know, sh should it's go like in among It's like being elected to the degrees. English Athenaeum uh, because you're, you're a distinguished person. Exactly. The Athenaeum only elects people who already are exactly. famous. And, and, and they're very, very nice at customs when I come through and they, they look at the passport and see H1 and they immediately think I must be an opera singer. Because I don't think they think that writers count. <laughs> they probably curtsy while you're <laughs> as you as you pass by through the customs. They're very yeah. nice about it. Yes. Um, is Viking your publisher here? Yes. And one can get most of your books here. Yes, v Viking and and McGraw Hill are doing the paperbacks. Um, uh, Banton did the paperback of Bloody Sunday, uh, which sold in. Vast numbers as 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 you know as, as uh, film scripts probably do. Um, I've I find that the that the thing, the dear thing, has has a, a a long life, and that when I go and talk at universities, which I love doing because I love going around America and and learning a bit about it, one gets you know a very curious view of it if one stays only in New York. I I, I find that that. People know every, almost every line in Bloody Sunday and say, what did you mean by so-and-so? And, and I was very struck by so-and-so. My life was changed by so-and-so. And nothing could be more rewarding. Yes. And I, I, I think you must have found this too, that um, um, America is the most responsive place to expressiveness in, in writing. And, and I think the level of writing is so tremendously high here, isn't it? don't you? Isn't it? Uh, I've taught in several universities, and I'm always impressed by the level of the students. And this year, Penn, P.E.N., is giving the first Hemingway Prize in, given by Mrs. Hemingway in memory of her husband. And it's a $6,000 prize for a first novel published in 1975. And there are four of us judging. And we simply uh, we had to have an extra meeting. We had about five meetings. And we had to have an extra meeting because we've got so many good. We, we've narrowed them down from about 100 to about 8. And we are still uh, debating because there's so many good entries, which it is really exciting. Isn't that splendid? Yes. yes. Really wonderful. Yes. And, and don't, don't you find that, that um, uh, American authorities are terribly generous about um, giving financial help to writers who are not necessarily American? This yes. struck me very, very much. It, it's, it's, you know, what's 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 called the melting pot. But my goodness, they're nice about that. I, I, I got three thousand dollars as as a uh, from um, as a, as a, an award for quotes. Forgive me, creative achievement uh, from the National Institute of Arts and and Letters. And I thought it was so remarkably generous to give it to a foreigner. Well, Penn publishes a whole book of grants available to Americans and grants available 
to foreigners in yes, this country. And I, I knew of this, and I think it's one of the more remarkable things about Penn. Well, it is a useful institution, I think. Yes, yes. Even for someone who no longer probably needs it as much as you did years ago, but it's still very useful for beginning for beginning writers and for writers uh, for with foreign rights and all that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and there are also those important things we can do to help um, perhaps band together and, and uh, do things about writers in, in countries that are, that are repressive. You know, that, that yes. I think that, they, that our letters do have some effect. Yes, I think that that's one of the things. And then for old and, and ill writers, we have quite a program in Penn for writers who've come on evil days, which is also I very I nice. I didn't know that. Yes, so that, you know, uh, they get together and help each other. And Penn helps, the, 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 the better off writers help the ones who've fallen on evil days, which is nice too. Uh, that's that's splendid. I didn't know that. Yes, yes so if you do ever, if uh, you well, ever had <laughs> to eat poached eggs again yes. from other, <laughs> <laughs> you know where to turn. I'm sure that won't happen. And I'm very excited to have had you here today. And also to find someone who is so tremendously creative in so many fields. Penelope Gilead has written plays, uh, screenplays, films, novels. Uh, she's had about four books of short stories, is it? Yes. And she's working, and uh, she's pu had two published novels here. She's working on another novel, another book of short stories. And it's been a great privilege, Penelope, to have you here. And it's wonderful that you are also a member of PEN, P-E-N. This is Anne Fremantle, who has been talking with Penelope Gilead over WBAI under the auspices of PEN Pen. Thank you. Thank you so much.